welcome to this mini pod, Forecast Awesome, here at the Fairy Tale Studio, where celebrating is what we do best. Here is your host and new best friend, Tracy L. Schreiber. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Forecast Awesome, sweet friend. I'm so glad to be back with you this week. I took a brief vacation. Seeing that my husband's on vacation this past week, I decided to go on and just give myself a break. So many, many things happening right now. Um, One of which is kind of like a leg injury, which I'm sorry. I'm always, you know, trying to find the emotional root of a problem. And I never really experienced pain in my body for long, but this leg, Mm. Uh, I actually went to see a doctor. So anyway, uh, that's a little update on me and uh, pardon me for my absence last week, but lots going on and well, you know, sometimes you just have to give yourself a break. So anyway, I'm trying to come up with some material that you would find enjoyable. And you know, as much as I like to talk about my life, I just hope you're loving it too. And I wrote a story. I actually want to read to you this week. Because I've been having a lot of like, you know, childhood memories. And I'm going through stuff and getting organized. And I'm pulling out what's left of my kids, you know, schoolwork. And my granddaughter is now going into school. And in a couple of years, my other grandson will be going into school. And well... I don't know. It's just such a sweet time in life right now. And so anyway, I was digging through a trunk and going through some old papers of mine. And it's really hard to not have, you know, um, I call it like sort of regret when I look back at pictures of what my house looked better or a business I wanted to start, an adventure I went on. And it kind of makes me sad when I see that it, you know, didn't pan out or it's over or things are just different, but that's how life is. Just staying flexible and having a good frame of mind about all that's to come. You know, some of these adventures I have just cherished and I wish I could go back in time so much. And so anyway, I just thought that this week I would read one of my writings that I found. Actually, I wrote believe it or not, I wrote a byline for an online hunting and fishing magazine. So it it actually was my childhood memory stories. Um, I, I stumbled upon this on actually Craigslist. Do you want to be published? And I contacted them and, you know, I don't hunt and I don't fish. And I, you know, this is not my thing. But I told them a few of my childhood stories and they gave me my own uh, column for a short time. It's kind of exciting. Way back when my kids were little. So I thought I, you know, digging through the trunk when I found this, I would try reading this for y'all and see what you thought. So the name of this, and actually I think over the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at my writings. Actually, to tell you the truth... I have one that I originally titled uh, Time at the Toy Box about um, me getting my little sister as a child. And uh, I actually renamed it Who You Callin' Big Sissy. 
So anyway, I am going to find that. And I think next week I'm going to be reading that to y'all. But anyway, so here we go. This uh, short story that I wrote, short paper that I wrote, is called The Ones That Never Got Away. So here goes. I find it rather amazing that so many memories from my childhood can be directly connected back to a fishing story. That could be a new game. Not how many people does it take to connect to Kevin Bacon, but rather, how many stories does it take to connect back to a fish? Growing up, the outdoors seemed to find me climbing trees, constructing forts, or dangling my legs in some body of water. That's a feeling you never forget. One June at a summer camp in Minnesota, crisp and clear are the memories of the waters of Pelican Lake. Shivering on a daily basis, I felt just how crisp, clear, and downright cold the summer waters were in the north. I wondered, how much exactly did my dad pay for me to go to this camp? Maybe I was in this place unaware for disciplinary reasons. Soon I began to learn the tricks of tolerating a cold lake. Jump in and out and then back in again. With my newly acquired geothermal aquatic skills, I had so much to look forward to. One evening as I made my way from my cabin to the mess hall, a small sweet elderly lady came up the path toting a large mass of fish clustered on a string. A real sight to see. She proudly began to show off her catch for the day. As I moved in closer, my eyes took hold of the projectiles lining the mouths of these fish. Fish have teeth? I guess I knew piranhas had teeth. But piranhas were little, right? Northern pike, she exclaimed. They looked more like northern bite to me. As a small crowd dispersed, I troubled her with one more question. So where on earth did you get all those fish from? Well, right out there in that lake. I caught them myself. A sobering thought then came over me. I knew it. Disciplinary reasons. I must say from that moment forward, Never did my pale, skinny Texas legs develop one goosebump caused by the chilly waters of Pelican Lake. Piranhas or pike, it was all the same to me. The first time I remember fishing myself was with my dad. I believe we were in Matagorda, Texas. The day gray and windy, walking down the fishing pier, my nerves twitched in my stomach. The brown and muddy waters seemed to hold the possibility of sharks and electric ills. For all I knew, the Loch Ness Monster was just waiting to peek up through the weather decking boards. After finding our place on the pier and a big bunch of good, healthy debate between my father and I about the importance of the life of a minnow, or mud puppy, or whatever you call it, and a somewhat lengthy discussion on remembering to go to the bathroom before we left, we were able to get some fishing underway. Sweaty little hands gripped the fishing pole like a baton in an Olympic race as I waited for some indication of life. Even some pro-life signs of my fish puppy friend down in the murky waters all alone 
or even worse, not alone, were keeping me on pins and needles. Soon the idea of fishing began to take on a less exciting hue. As I grew increasingly bored and began to count the planks of the pier and then the freckles on my leg, a sure indicator of the lack of excitement. Suddenly, my ears picked up a whizzing sound. I looked around to find it. Then I heard my father yell, Start reeling her in, Melinda Lou. I must tell you that this Melinda Lou is an alias my dad used instead of my real name at the strangest of times. I jumped to my feet and began to turn the little handle, just like my dad had showed me. Soon the line was tight, and I was pulling for my life. I was sure I had caught a great white shark, or my minnow friend had eaten some radioactive algae and sprouted some pretty amazing superpowers. One could only hope. Whatever it was, though, it was not going to go quietly into the cooler. My dad came running to help me, as I am sure he could see I had a whopper to contend with. As he reached me, he hesitated for a moment to see if I could handle my first catch. Those were the longest five seconds of my life. Couldn't he see this was no game? This was life or death? This was it? And the only thing between this freckled firstborn and Leviathan was this crummy old railing of the pier. A few moments later, my father had rescued me in the pole from being lost at sea and began to reel in the terror that was, well, a hardhead. Father laughing, I looked at that little fish and just could not understand where all his strength came from. The only thing that I figured that this little fish probably had a daddy fish on the other end of the line pulling on his kid just as hard. My dad and I had plenty more adventures in store. One year at our church's annual father-son-daughter campout, I witnessed one of the most amazing fish stories to this day. After late night s'mores, s'mores, and secondhand campfire smoke, it took no time at all to fall asleep in our tents. Early the next morning before almost any of the kids had gotten up, I crawled out of my sleeping bag to quickly address some issues of my hair was having dealing with all this fresh and windy air. Coffee with all of its enchantments had captured most of the grown-ups and put them all in a mellow meditative circle around the campfire. The coffee smell was nice, but I never touched the stuff and this group of folks gathered at the fire looked pretty boring as a whole. So off I went. There seemed to be something exciting enough to lure about seven or eight dads away from the coffee and over a small hill in the distance. My dad was safe and secure in the meditative circle by the fire. Curiosity compelled me to follow them and all of their equipment in that direction. On the other side of the hill was a pond, or as some call it, a tank. Standing in different places around the water, each man had their own special gear for the mission. The quiet was a little hard to take, and I just kept wondering if anyone was going to bust out with a good joke, weather report, or something. Anything! These guys should get down to the pier in Matagorda for some real excitement, I thought to myself. All this silence was just too much to take, and then over the hill came this kid. 
I forget his name now, but he was the son of the man who let our church have its camp out on his land. As the boy made his entrance into this realm of serious silence, the dads began to turn their focus to him. A few were grinning and seemed to be chuckling under breath. The fact that his fishing equipment looked as though it had been the group craft project of a class of preschoolers could have brought on the attitude in the well-prepared sportsman. No sooner than he came over the hill with his cane pole in hand did he reach down into the water and swoop up a heaping handful of dark green slime, then slap it onto the large symbol hook at the end of his clothesline sized string from which it hung. Amused and somehow boggled, the confident grins began to slide from the faces of his skeptics and melt into faces carrying amazement with a touch of dropped jaws. For from about 30 to 60 seconds after he threw the line in the water, he pulled out a bass about one and a half foot long, give or take. A new meditative circle was formed on the campgrounds in that moment. As the boy walked away, I can't recall if he even kept the fish or not, but it was of no importance. The look on the faces of those men was a real prize that day. As I embraced motherhood with all of its promises of carpool and chaos and the occasional building of a fort, I hang on to those times like I hung on to that fishing pole years back in Matagorda, Texas. And as sure as the freckles on my leg, those memories will be the ones that will never get away. Okay, so this was written when my kids were little. And I just really wanted to share that with y'all. I think I have lots more stories to come. But something about reading your old writing is so nostalgic. And I actually found some other um, writers writing from writing class of mine that I took and I was reading through them and it just brought back so many amazing memories and so anyway I just wanted to share that with y'all this evening and let you know I'm going to be coming to y'all with more stories from my old days of writing and I just I need to find the time at the toy box when y'all are gonna love that or excuse me who you call him big sissy but anyway I hope that you're having a great week, and I'm so glad to be back with you again this week. And I'm looking forward to actually having a few different guests on coming up soon. Um, I just need to schedule the time with them, but you're going to love it. I think the lineup will be great. So anyway, I would love absolutely to pray for you and over you. If you'd like to connect with me on Instagram at Forecast Awesome. And until next week, sweet bestie. Blessings and awesomeness to you and yours. And we will see you soon at Forecast Awesome.